Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a lot to live up to after all that. My goodness. <laughs> but God is good. Church is really good this morning, isn't it? Are you on fire this morning? What a great worship time we had. How wonderful. All those people who serve in this church to make it happen. I'm so blessed. I have the great privilege this morning of starting off this new series on God is. <sighs> you know, I felt like they're trying to ask me to put the whole, all the oceans in the world into one size teacup. How can you talk about what God is in half an hour? He is so big. But I had to start to think, what did I think God was when I was young? I wrote here, my concept of God, I have to put my glasses on. My concept of God when I was very young was first and foremost, he was infinite. He was infinite. I didn't even know what it meant. Infinite. When you're a child, you don't know what infinite means. And then they would say supreme being. And then as a teenager, I, I asked, what does infinite? It means there are no boundaries. It means limitless. God is limitless. Nothing can put a boundary around him. There are no boundaries around God. He is more than what me and you can ever perceive him to be. He is infinite. The next thing I knew is he always was, he always is, and he always will be. In other words, God is eternal. He always was, he always is, he always will be. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I used to hear people say that when I was young, you know, and then I, I heard that God knows everything. My parents would say that. You can't hide from God. He can see you. You know, God knows everything. And I knew that God was a God who knows everything. Where can you hide from him? Even when I started reading the Bible, it was true. God is everywhere. He sees all things. He knows the beginning from the end. He is everywhere present. God is everywhere present. He knows everything. He is everywhere present. Um, and I thought, gee, is that right? I learnt, I learnt that he doesn't dwell everywhere, that there's a difference about where he dwells, but where he is. He is everywhere, but where he dwells, he has to be asked. And he comes to dwell within us. You know, and I thought, gee, that was interesting. Something else I learnt. Another thing, he is all-powerful. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. He is powerful. When Jesus walked on water, you know, how can that be? He defied the laws of gravity and he defied the laws of, of liquid. You sink into liquid, it wasn't solid. And he just did this. Why did that happen? Because an overriding power came upon him. The power of God supersedes the powers of this world. God created it. He is all powerful. He can change every situation. I learned this when I was very young, you know. Another thing I learned, he is holy. He is perfect in every way. That was something that scared me. You know, I can't be perfect. How can, you know. But these were things I learned, and I knew that that is who God is. And then there came a day in my 30s, it was the 1st of July of 1985 that I invited Jesus to come in to my life. And I changed. I remember the moment that I asked God to come into me. Something happened. 
something in me let go and submitted to his greatness. Something in me just said, all right, it's you. Something in me changed. I was able to receive something. I didn't know what happened, but in a split second of time, I changed. The great God that I had heard about came to live inside me on my invitation. And he changed me. And I knew that he was with me. What changed is instead of just saying, God, 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 I began to hear myself say, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord. Lord means master. I'm your servant. Something changed from God out there to Lord. He became mine. He was my Lord. He was my Savior. And it was so exciting. I, I, when my, everything changed. My whole world changed. I was so excited. I jumped up and down. I was full of life. And it went for, for days. Everybody saw me. My friends noticed it. My family noticed it. My workmates, everybody knew something had happened to me. And it was just great and it was exciting. And it was fun. And then you know what happens? Life comes back. And it became, after months, it became quite ordinary. But it's not meant to be ordinary. It's not meant to be ordinary. You know, I kind of thought, oh, I just, a year went by like this. And I went to church one Sunday night. And I, I felt like when I first got, when Jesus first came into my life, I felt like a lamb. I bounced everywhere. Life was all good, good. And here, here I was a year later. Oh, oh, I better praise God. Oh, lift my hands. It was just what, I, I became real ordinary again. But God was in my life. So this Sunday night I went to church. And they were talking about how powerful God is. And how God shares his power with us. And, you know, and I, I listened and I listened and I thought, that's what I want. That's what I need. Oh, yes, that's what I need. That's, oh, yeah. You know, the, the worst thing about me is that I, I'm a bit afraid when people see what I'm doing. I'm a person who, you know, I, I'm good. I'm all good. Yep, I'm good as gold. Yep, everything's fine. I'm positive. But it's just what's real. It's what's really real. But God can see in us, you see. He sees us. So I go forward. I'm a self-conscious, you know, I go forward and I think, no, no, God, I need something from you. Yeah. I need something from you. And this man comes and he says, what do you need? I says, I don't know what I need. I need God's power to be activated in my life. That's yeah. what I need. Is that what you want? He says, well, let's, so he laid his hand on me and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Woo! The power of the Almighty overshadows you. He comes down and the power of God filled me up and away I went again. You know, I went strongly with my God. I learnt, I had a great church to go to. They fed me well. I, I just grew and the things of God and I came to know God. God, I found in the Old Testament, revealed himself through his name. He revealed himself through his name. God Almighty. Action on. There are all these words that come through. But in the names, there is some meaning. And I found that I want to share after I call him Lord. I'm going to go to what purpose 
my Lord. There are some things I want to share with you. Over the years, I've learned, or God has revealed himself to me in many ways. The first one, the Lord is my peace. When I came to know Jesus, my life was a mess. It was a turmoil on the inside. On the outside, I smiled, I was a sailor, nobody knew. But on the inside, I was a mess. I had been rejected, things had been said, I tried, and things didn't work, disappointing stuff, all the stuff that goes on in life. And the instant I invited Jesus into my life and God came in, I instantly sensed his peace. His peace overwhelmed me. It settled me on the inside. I had the peace of God. The Lord is my peace. And Hebrew, Jehovah Shalom. You may have heard that word. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, um, I'll, I'll go to John 14, verse 27 first. This is what Jesus said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives, but do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Receive the peace that Jesus gives to you. I'll have that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let your peace come to me. I receive your peace. You know, some of us are, even now, we're going through some difficult times in our lives, but you can cry out to God and ask him to bring his peace. He will give you his peace. In Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, we do not need to worry or we need to be afraid. The Bible simply says, Peace, be still, and know that I am God. So the peace of God, the first thing that I know that my Lord is, He is my peace. I have to go to a place sometimes to go and be very quiet because let his peace slip in. It's like a, an anchor for my soul. The second thing that I want to share with you is the Lord is my shepherd. In Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me along. And not only is God my peace, but he is leading day by day by day. He is showing me the way to go. How does he do that? Through his word. Through his word. God will show you. And um, says other times he looks... He cares for me. That's what shepherds do. Shepherds care for their flock. In John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. God knows me. He knows me better than I know myself. I'm his, and he knows where I should be and what I can do. He sees the beginning from the end. There's a, 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 in John 10, 27, a little bit further along, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. They know me and they follow me. And I hear the voice of God. The first time I, I was sitting in church, it was, it was just quite, quite in my very early walk with God. 
And I was sitting in church and we were having communion and I was focused on all that Jesus had done to me. And all of a sudden, across my thoughts, went this. Leave me at three. I thought, oh, what, what was that? You know, leave me at three. And I, and I carried on with communion and I got to the car and I thought, I wonder if that was God speaking to me. I, I don't know where it is in the Bible that leave me at three. It just, you know, it's kind of like, I wonder if that was God speaking to me. And I started to doubt. I started to doubt that this might be God. Anyway, I had been um, with my, I was living with my family. They had four children and we had lunch together. Um, my brother and his wife and all the kids. And then visitors arrived at two o'clock in the afternoon and they had six children. So now the four and the six and ten children, and all, I don't want to be around, I want a quiet place to go to. So I got myself in the car and I drove, I was living in West Auckland, to Murawai Beach. And as I got to Murawai Beach, I parked the car, it was the summertime, I walked down the stairs and my feet hit the sand, and I said, well, looked at my mom, I, well, Lord, I'm here at three, are you? And immediately, the presence of God, it's sunny, it's summer, there's hundreds of people around, but there's me standing there, and I can feel the presence of God just embrace me. And I walked up the beach for an hour, and I talked to God, and I walked back another hour to get back to the car, and I did this for years. Every Saturday, I went up, winter and summer, I had all the gear. But I would walk and I would talk with my Lord. The sand used to whip your feet in the middle of winter, and you know, when it's, when it's really blowing off the, off the sea. But I would walk and talk with my God. You know, He is my shepherd. I hear His voice. I know what He's saying. I would talk with Him and allow Him to talk with me. And years of, walk, of, of talking with God, and you know, during lockdown, just in the in, I still walk and talk with my God. And this took do not every day because I had time. Every day I went for a walk and God began to speak to me about my faith and about what faith is. You see, it's kind of we grow and we get bigger and we can take more of God and what you think is only a drop in a bucket becomes a, 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 a bucket full before too long. And then the bucket full begins to overflow and you become a, a big swimming pool fall or something or a tub fall and, and you keep growing and God keeps adding to you and you know I walked and I talked and I, I learned this thing about faith and I, I can see God says well you can take that my word or you can doubt you know faith is so easy either I believe that he can or I believe that he can't and if I believe that he can't he can't because I don't accept it he is who he is, and so when I believe he's he's going to do what he's going to do, and he's going to say, you know, carry out the things he said he was going to carry out, then I know I think God's going to do it. And so God is my shepherd. The next one I want to go to is the Lord is my healer. Jehovah Rovah. Jehovah, he heals me. The Lord is my healer. Like I said before, I was good at hiding what was on the inside, but I have to admit, and it's easy now, that I was broken on the inside. I was broken hearted. I had been rejected by different boyfriends and broken up with people I was in love. I had been rejected for different things. I had made lots of mistakes. I'd been places I should never have been. I was broken. 
and God came and rebuilt me on the inside. I, I didn't like parts of who I had become in those years. I had been heavily influenced by different things, gone places I probably shouldn't have gone. But God says, He is my healer. He will come and heal me in my thinking. He will heal me in my emotions. He will heal me in my body. You know, God will heal. He is the Lord who heals us. He knows how to unravel all the hurts in our lives to bring them to the surface so that he can heal them. When I was 27, I loved my dad. My dad was just, you know, there's 10 of us, but we all loved him. He was so much fun. He was a great dad. And, and when I was 27, my dad said something to me. And it was a joke. It was a joke. I was 27, I was single. I've got four younger sisters and married. He says, <laughs> but he used the Dutch word because I'm Dutch by heritage, and the word that he used pierced into me. It got me silent. I don't know how that happened. He didn't. He would never have intended it to hurt me, but it did. It hurt me, and that word said, and I pushed it down, and I pushed it down, and I said, no, Dad didn't mean it. No, Dad didn't mean it. The trouble was when that word was spoken over me, that hurt. Well, I'd been a Christian a couple of years, and in my mid-thirties, you know, all of a sudden, I'm finding myself up the front, and I'm crying, and I'm crying, and I'm crying, and the pastor's and he says this, your father has spoken something over you, and God wants you to know it's not true. You know, God heals. He heals all your pain. You don't even know half the stuff that's hidden down because we don't even want to deal with it. But if we allow God in his time to bring it to the surface, he is the God who heals you. The Lord who heals you. In Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17, um, God says, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds. In 1 John 5, 10, and the grace of all, and the God of all grace will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Yeah. You know, and that's what God does. He is the Lord who heals you. The Bible is full of pictures where people are sick, you know, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jesus came to heal, to bring healing to our physical being. You know, we don't have to put up with diseases. We can ask God to heal us. Ask and you shall receive, the Bible says in Luke. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 20, and it's a story about Hezekiah, the king Hezekiah. Hezekiah gets a, a sickness, and it's life-threatening. It's going to kill him, but he gets sick. And the Bible says that he cried out to God, and God healed him. And when I had cancer, that's what I did. If God can heal, when you cry out to God, he will heal you. Well, he does. That's 20 years ago, so I've been healed of cancer in that way. So thank you. Praise God. The next one I want to talk about is the Lord is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. My provider. This was the hardest Thing for me ever to learn about God. It was hard for me to learn to allow God. I was so independent. Thank you very much. I'll do it for myself. That's who I was. 
You know, I, I mean, I was single till I was 50, and, and I had learned that I can do everything by myself because I have to. So to allow God to begin to provide, I went through so many trials in my life because I couldn't learn this. And God wanted me to know that he would be my provider. So I, it took a lot of difficult circumstances. A lot of, you know, God would say give and, I, and, and, and I'd have to, and I'd give because I knew what he was saying to me. But for me to become dependent upon God to supply my needs was one of the biggest lessons I learned in my life. You know, he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. The first thing I had to learn was that my wants and my needs were two different things. What I want from life and what I need from life were different. And what I wanted may not have been what God wanted for me. So I used to search and go for things and they would get tougher. And I'd have to come back to God and things would close and open and shut and all. But I learned that eventually, when I had nothing, you see, Ruth talked the other day about the Shunammite woman, and she had a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour left, and she's going to have the last little loaf of bread for her son, and then she's going to lie down and die, and then Elisha comes along to her, and you're going to give that to me. Oh, she's got nothing. She's got nothing. You know, but you know, it was in that last thing. It's not until you need something that God will provide it. He knows what you need and he will provide when you allow him to. I wrote here, it is only when we are in the place where we have need that God will provide. You know, and so they were difficult things, but once I learned the lesson, God's provision for my life to do what he wants me to do has been indescribable. They have been miraculous. God provides in miracles. He makes it possible. I've got nothing. I'm on my way on a big missions trip to Russia, and I've got nothing. You know, it took God one weekend to supply $2,750 for my airfare there and back. And then the day I was leaving, somebody says, I want you, I believe in what you're doing, and I want this. It was $2,000 US dollars cash. Can't God provide? He can provide when you allow him to. You know, what we want may be different. And some of you think, oh, yeah, I've heard all this before. I, I tell you what, I was like that. I learned it. And, and God says, no, we're going to come back to this. I'm going to teach you to trust me. I will provide. I am the Lord who provides for you. And so we need, you might be in the middle of learning that lesson right now. <laughs> God will provide. The next one. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shah. The Lord is is there. Wherever you are, wherever you, God is there. I used to work in the fashion industry and nobody at work was a Christian. And I used to go there, but I knew that God was there. He was there. He went before me and he went behind me and because I was there, God was there in that place. Because I was there, God blessed that place. And that place prospered, and the company did very, very well, you know, because God is there. What else have I got? In Isaiah 41, verse 10, So do not fear, 
for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. I love this verse. It comes from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. I bet not many of you can know that Zephaniah 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and will rejoice over you with singing. God sings over you. He loves you. He is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is there. He is there. Day or night, when you are awake or when you're asleep, God is there. He sees everything. The next one. The Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. What does that mean? A banner is like a flag that is carried at the front of an army. God's banner is over my life. I know who I belong to. I know whose side I'm on. When pressed by the enemy, I tell myself whose side I'm on. I belong to Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. The Bible says I am victorious in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. I have already won because Jesus has won the victory. I'm on the winning side. I, the banner over me is his love. The banner over me is his victory. You know, whatever happens, I know that when God asks me to do something, it will work. It will be successful. It is what he wants. I will have victory in it. In 1 Corinthians verse 10, it says, No temptation has seized you except which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. We all get tempted. Everybody gets tempted. But we stand up. We have to remember, whose side am I on? The banner over me is Jesus. You know, it's his banner that flies over me. And so he will help me to be an overcomer. He will help me to be victorious. He will help me to conquer every situation. Jesus won such a great victory on the cross for us that we must stand it and declare it. In my foundations class, I have a, a sheet that I do a lesson to. I don't know if you can see this. It's about that. There's about a hundred things on this about who I am. And we go through it and we read it. And we start to read it a bit louder. And we can't, and we, I am the apple of my father's eye. You know, and as we declare it and, and, and we stand on it, that's who I am. You know, I'm the head and not the tail. It's, I have won this victory. Why? Because Jesus said the battle is finished when he died on the cross and he has freed it up for all of us to live in victory as long as we follow after him. And Colossians 2 verse 15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle triumphing over him on the cross. And 1 Corinthians 15, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, Stand firm and let nothing move. And Philippians 4, 13, and everyone said, 
I can do everything that God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. He is our banner. We are on his side, and his side is the winning side. Praise God. We can live in victory. The last one I want to talk with is the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Sekenu. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. I'm not right because of me. I know my weaknesses. You know, but... God has given me, he has clothed me with his robe of righteousness. It is Jesus who took all upon him and made a divine exchange on the cross and gave me all his righteousness. He justified me by his work on the cross. Do you know what justified means? Just as though you have never sinned. When my heavenly Father looks at me, that's how he sees me and you. Why? Because he is the Lord, your righteousness. He is Jehovah Sekenu. Okay? In Romans chapter 4, verse 25, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. In Romans chapter 5, verse 19, for just as though through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. We are made right through what Jesus has done for us. It's a great thing to know that you are clothed in a robe of his righteousness. The best decision that you could ever make is to give your life to Jesus Christ. That's the best decision you can ever make. To give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe today is that day. Maybe today is the day. I want him to be not just God anymore. I want him to be Lord. Lord, I'm going to allow you to come into my life today, Lord. If you ask him and invite him, he will. He will come back. And your life will change. And you will get to know him more and more and more. God is good. So how do I do that? How do I do that? Good question. How do I do that? There are three things. Firstly, we have to confess that we have not always done what he has wanted us to do. We have walked our own way. Excluding him from our lives. But today, you're going to come back. God, please forgive me for that. Forgive me for I walk my own way. Forgive me for sin. The second thing, do you believe? Believe that Jesus took your sin upon the cross. That he died, he was buried, and he rose again. He is alive today. You can receive him. If you believe that, the last thing, that's great. The last thing, you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you're in a place where you can do that today, 
Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.